We're glad to be sharing the ministry of Redemption Church with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God. Amen. Welcome back, everybody, to Redemption Church in Plano, Texas. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Good. My name is Chris Fluitt, and I am excited to share the Word of God with you. It never gets old, the Word of God. It's, it is old, right? Literally, it's old, right? But it never gets old. And I believe that we have a word to share with you today that can make a big difference in your life. Last week we talked about Abraham and the cutting of the covenant. Yes. At one point this week, uh, one of my boys, I won't name them for embarrassment, mentioned maybe, maybe it could be the cuddling of the covenant. That sounds a little nicer. But it was the cutting of the covenant. The story of Abram turning into Abraham is an important development in the long story of the Bible. That promise, that story involved promise. It involved faith. It involved personal sacrifice and loss and a willingness to offer one's own son. It's the gospel. It's plain and simple. It's in the gospel and it's in the first half of the first book of your Bible. God's commitment to us is greater than our ability to follow him. I think the story of every patriarch shows that because every one of them made mistakes. Every one of them had fears. Every one of them had moments where they slipped up. Maybe they laughed at the very promise of God. But God's ability is greater than our ability to follow him. His promises are greater than our ability to keep them. His commands are greater than our ability to obey them. And if you felt like, oh my gosh, I'm such a failure. I've fallen short of, of God. Welcome to the club. I am I'm head of this club right there. We're all falling so short. But God's arm is not short. The Bible says that we fall, but his arm's never so short that it can't reach us and pull us up out of the miry clay. Did anybody sing that song as a kid? I remember I sang that a song. It, it, if you don't know it, <clears throat> it went, he brought me out of the miry clay. He set my feet on the rock to stay. He put a song in my soul today. A song of praise. Hallelujah. That's my God. He brought me out of some seriously bad things. He put me on the rock. And he put something in my heart. And I am forever grateful for it. Can I get an amen? amen. There is a common thread in your Bible. Do you know what it is? Or better yet, do you know who it is? John 5.39 Jesus said, you study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me. It's all about Jesus. Your Bible is all about him. Today we're going to talk about a character named Joseph. But before we do, we need to fill in some history, right? There are several like, weeks that could have gone right here, but we're trying to make it long story Short. All right, we're working on that. So we have Abram. He becomes Abraham, right? 
And then we have Abraham. He has a son. His name is Isaac. And then Isaac has two sons, and they're named Esau and Jacob. And the promise of God, that promise that we've been reading about over and over again in Genesis 3.15, the promise of the seed, the offspring of Eve, that same promise had to go through either Esau or Jacob. And it went through Jacob, Jacob, right, Jacob. So we got Abraham, we got Isaac, and we got Jacob. And Jacob has a name change. What is his name changed to by God? Israel, does that sound familiar? It should. It's the name of a country. Israel. And then Israel has 12 sons, and they become the 12 tribes of of Israel. One of these 12 sons was named Joseph. And that's who we're going to talk about tonight. And he was Israel's favorite son. Anybody have brothers and sisters? Anybody? But which one of you is the favorite son or daughter? It's, it's me. It's me. It's me. It's amazing. It's, it's all over this place. All three of my sons raise their hand, I think. All right. Genesis 37 and 3 is where we're going to begin tonight. Now, Israel, that's Jacob. Jacob, Israel, loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had been born to him in his old age. He had some sentimental old age reasons to love this kid in this special way. And he showed his love in a special way. He made an ornate robe for him. Now, if you've read your Bible and it's King James Version, you probably remember it was called a coat of many colors. I love Sunday school kids. Excellent. This ornate robe is often called the coat of many colors. Verse 4, when his brothers, whose brothers? Joseph's brothers, saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they were so happy for him. No, it says they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. Let me just tell you, there's some people that hate you and they can't say anything nice about you, but it has nothing to do with you. It has to do with your father in heaven. Joseph was hated by his brothers. And Joseph had a spiritual gifting from God. Does anybody know what it is? He had dreams and he could interpret dreams. He was able to interpret spiritual dreams. Genesis 37 Verse 5 says, Joseph had a dream. And when he told it to his brothers, and it's number one, Joseph, what are you thinking? They don't like you. They have nothing good to say about you. But he's going to tell them his dream. Here it is. But after they, he, they heard the dream, they hated him all the more. He said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and they bowed down to it. Even your sheaves know I'm better than you. Verse 8. His brothers said to him, Do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us, you little runt kid? We're older than you. We're stronger than you. Why are you hitting yourself, Joseph? They were doing all that kind of stuff to their little brother. And they hated him all the more because of his dream 
and what he had said. Now, so, so far, this really has nothing to do with Joseph. Has to do with how his father feels about him. Has to do with gifts that are given to him by an earthly father and by a heavenly father. Joseph was hated because of his father, because of his favor with his father, and because of his gifting. Some people may hate you because of your relationship with God. And some people may hate you because of your gifting and your calling. You should absolutely let those people stop you. You should absolutely just try to fit in with those people. Absolutely not. Not in any way. You be the person God has called you to be. And you use every gift that God has given you. Alright? Amen? I want us to clap on that one. Because that one is... I'm telling you, you're gifting. Use it. And don't apologize for it. Because God has given you that gifting. The hatred of his brothers was deadly serious. Verse 19. One day they said this. They said, here comes that dreamer. They said to each other. Come now. Let's kill him. They just come right out and say it. Let's kill him. And throw him into one of these cisterns. That's a pit that holds water. And say that a ferocious animal devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams. So not, not only do they have murder here, it's premeditated, and they've even thought of an alibi. Let's kill him. and Let's throw him in a pit. Verse 21, when Reuben, Reuben's the oldest, Reuben is the oldest son and also the name of a pretty good sandwich. When Reuben heard this, he tried to rescue Joseph from their hands. He says these words. He tries to reason with them. Let's not take his life, he said. Don't shed any blood. Just throw him in this cistern here in the wilderness. But don't lay a hand on him. And Reuben said this to rescue him from them and take him back to his father at a later time when they weren't around. But let me tell you, you cannot counsel hatred. You cannot counsel jealousy. And they did not receive Reuben's counsel. The eldest brother Reuben spoke up and tried to rescue Joseph from being killed. Instead, Joseph would be thrown in that pit later and Reuben would save him later. I want to talk to you about the pit. Everyone say the pit. The favorite son ended up in a pit. And he had done nothing wrong. Life has highs and lows. Let me tell you, this was a new low for Joseph. He and his, his very own brothers had thrown him into a pit. And it wasn't very long before they were going to kill him. Verse 23. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, that robe that Israel had given him, the ornate robe that he was wearing. And they took him and they threw him into the cistern. And the cistern was empty. There was no water in it. What a sad place a pit is. What thoughts must have been going through 
Joseph's head right now. He might, he knew probably that they weren't so keen on him. They probably knew, he probably knew they weren't really a big fan of Joseph, but he had never expected to be killed by them, thrown into this pit. What thoughts were coming to his head? He's never going to see his father again. He's never going to get to enjoy life. He, he had plans for his life and those are not going to happen. Maybe God will not rescue him out of this and he's got all kinds of doubts and all kinds of fears. And I'll remind you, this is not a full-grown man. This is a very young man. Yes. Have you ever been in a pit? Have you ever been in a place where you were hated and you were relegated to a place you couldn't get out of maybe you were left to die and that, that could be in all kinds of situations sometimes that's not physical that could be an emotional place you can get in some of those situations on the job it's a bad place to be in anybody ever being like they just kind of put you in a pit in that job and you, you just knew well I better start praying and do the spiritual work of renewing my resume. People will hate you because of your gifting. Because of your relationship with others. And because of your calling to God's purpose. And that's what's happened with Joseph. Verse 25. As they sat down to eat their meal, they're eating. What food are they eating? The food Joseph brought them. As they sat down and ate their meal, they looked up and saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead. Verse 26, Judah said to his brothers, what will we gain if we kill our brother and cover up his blood? Come, let's sell him. To the Ishmaelites. And not lay our hands on him. After all. He is our brother. And our own flesh and blood. His brothers agreed. So wait. wait. Let's, let's not kill him. Let's sell him. Let's profit on this. I mean after all. He is our brother. If he's your brother. Don't sell him. <laughs> if he's your brother. Get him out of the pit. No, this was totally agreed maneuver. Let's sell this guy. Let's sell him. Verse 28. So when the Midianite merchants came by, his brothers pulled Joseph out of the cistern and sold him for 20 shekels of silver to the Ishmaelites, who then took him to Egypt. Instead of killing their brother in the pit, they lifted him out. And sold him into slavery for 20 shekels of silver. We talk about trafficking, human trafficking. We talk about that awful thing that's happening way too much in, throughout the world. This is an instance of it. And it happened to a patriarch in the family of God. Amen. It happened to a favored son. That he was trafficked and sold into slavery. And went to Egypt. Then the brothers take the fancy coat of many colors. 
that Israel had given his favorite son. And they take that rope. They tear it up in such a way that it looks like a ferocious beast had ripped it and ripped whoever was wearing it. And then they took the blood of a goat. They sacrificed a goat. They killed a goat. They didn't offer it to the Lord. They just killed the goat. They had its blood and they dipped and stained that coat in the blood. In a strange reverse, I want you to get, because this is blood, right? Have we talked about blood like every week? Every week, week blood is central to the story of the Bible. Now here there's a strange reverse. The brothers are trying to use blood to cover their own sin. But not as God designed blood covenant. The idea of blood covenant is you repent of your sins and that blood covers it. Now they are using blood to cover their misdeeds without repentance, without making things right. Israel sees Joseph's robe and he weeps. It's a sad moment. Verse 35, all his sons and daughters came to comfort Israel but he refused to be comforted. No, he said. He, how does he feel about Joseph? He says, I will continue to mourn until, my, until I join my son in the grave. So his father wept for him. He basically says, I'm going to weep for my son every day of my life until my life is over. Joseph is alive, but Israel doesn't know it. Joseph and Israel are separated. Father and son are separated by the pit. Joseph ends up in, a, in Egypt as a servant to an important man. Does anybody know that important man's name? His name is Potiphar. Everyone say Potiphar. Potiphar is an important man. After all this has happened to Joseph, how would Joseph respond? How would he respond to the pit he was thrown into? He was taken from his fathers. He was betrayed by his brothers. No one he could trust. And now he's a slave. How would Joseph respond? But Joseph, although he had been taken away from like everything, there was still one thing that had not been taken away from Joseph. What is it? Jesus. That's always a good answer. Jesus. I love the kids yelling out Jesus. Can we all yell out Jesus? Jesus! Yeah, that's really good. You may have lost a lot of things in life, but Jesus is one thing that will never be taken from you. Chapter 39, verse 2. The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered. Wait, he's a slave. Wait, he's away from his family. Wait, he's betrayed. The Lord was still with Joseph and treated him in such a way that he would prosper. And, and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. Verse 3. When his master saw that the Lord was with him. Potiphar is not a believer in the God of Israel, but he sees there's something about this guy. God is with this kid. He saw the Lord was with him. 
And that the Lord had given him, gave him success in everything he did. Verse 4. Joseph found favor in, the eye, in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household. And he entrusted to his care everything he owned. Yes. Verse 5. From that time, he put him in charge of his household and all that he owned. The Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian Potiphar because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had. Both in the house and in the field. So Potiphar left everything he had in Joseph's care. And Joseph, with Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. Now hold on. Does anybody see a promise of Abraham here? The promise of Abraham is that I will bless you and that I will bless those that bless you and that you will be a blessing to others. That God's blessing will flow through you. Now here we have Joseph and he's a slave. But his master is blessed by him because of the Lord. And whatever Joseph touches is blessed. And whatever he touches is his master. So his master is blessed. And his master is blessed where? In the field and in the home. Everywhere. And so he's like, my goodness, I have got it good. I'm just going to put Joseph in charge of everything. And Joseph was in charge of everything. And everything was going so good. Why was everything going so good? Because the Lord was there. Even though we've gone through a pit. The Lord is there. And when the Lord's there, things go good. Somebody say, things go good when the Lord is there. God blessed Joseph. And he wasn't just a slave. He was actually the head of Potiphar's household. Verse 30, uh, Genesis 39, 6. Now Joseph was well built and handsome. So that enters into the story. It's a good looking dude. Verse 7. And after a while. His master's wife. Took notice of Joseph. And she said. Come to bed. With me. This is. Bad. Does everybody agree? Very good. This is bad. This is bad. Potiphar's wife should only be in bed with. Potiphar, very good. Do we understand that? Yeah. You do not just go to bed with someone because they are well built and handsome. You do not just go to bed with someone because you like the way they look. No, you must be faithful to one another. But is Potiphar's wife being faithful to Potiphar? No. She asked Joseph to come to bed with her. And sometimes people ask you, to do wrong things. They ask you to do dishonest things. Now, we're just going to say this. Joseph had a lot going on. He was looking good on the outside, but he was also beautiful on the inside. He had giftings and callings and blessing all around him. So who wouldn't want to be closer to Joseph? There are people that will try to get close to you because you are so blessed by God. 
but they don't know how to be close to someone outside of the realm of the flesh and outside of the realm of sin. So they will ask you to do wrong things. They will ask you to steal things. They will ask you to be dishonest. They will ask you to do unfaithful things. Most times, it's actually easier to do these wrong things. But what does Joseph do in this situation? Joseph refuses her. He tells her, no. Can somebody say no? No. That's a word you got to learn how to say to people who are asking you to do the wrong thing. No, he says. I will remain true to your husband. Get this. She's not remaining true to her husband, but Joseph says, just because you're not going to be true to him, I will remain true to him. Even though Joseph had been betrayed and treated poorly in the past, he chose to do the right thing. Joseph chose to do the more difficult thing. And because he did, he had no more problems. Wrong. It actually gets more difficult for Joseph. Potiphar became angry with Joseph. Joseph's Actually, honoring Potiphar has blessed Potiphar in every way. But Potiphar's wife goes to her husband and says, he has been inappropriate. And so he li- she lies about Joseph. And Potiphar, instead of going, this guy has an un- impeccable track record. How could I miss, how could I not trust him? Instead of saying, the Lord is with this guy. It is not in his character to do such a thing. Instead of saying, let me go speak to him myself and we'll get all of this sorted. He just becomes violently angry with Joseph. Potiphar believed his wife over Joseph. Verse 19, when his master heard the story, his wife told him, saying, this is how your slave treated me. He burned with anger. Joseph's master took him and put him in Prison. Somebody say prison. prison. The place where the king's prisoners were confined. So now Joseph has gone from the pit. He has climbed out of it into blessing. Only to be put into prison. Let's talk about the prison. Joseph was in chains. Joseph was in a dungeon. Joseph was in prison. He had done nothing wrong again. He had been faithful to Potiphar. But one lie caused him to be arrested. Joseph is once again betrayed. And he's left to die. There is no sentence for him like he's going to get out in three years with good behavior. He is going to die in this prison because of one lie. Because of one betrayal. Once again, he's betrayed. How would Joseph respond? to the prison? How would he respond to this situation? Sometimes you just go through so much you just feel like giving up. Is this that moment for Joseph? How would he respond to reoccurring disappointment? God, I have followed you. I've tried to live for you. I've tried to be faithful. I've tried to do the right thing and look what it has gotten me. Genesis 39 verse 20. But while Joseph was there in prison... Verse 21, somebody help me. The Lord was with him. He's in prison, but you know who's in prison with him? 
The Lord. Can I tell you something? Whatever heartache you're going through, the Lord is with you in it. Whatever bad situation you're going through, the Lord is there with you in it. I don't know what's going on in your future, but I'm telling you, you're probably going to face a problem in your life at some point. But I want to tell you that in that problem, the Lord is still with you. In the pit, the Lord was with him. And now in the prison, the Lord is with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in the prison. And he was made responsible for all that was done there. What's happening here? He's once again rising to the top. He once again becomes the leader. He became the leader of his master's home. Now he's become the leader of prison. He's in charge of the prison. The warden paid no attention uh, Paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care. Because the Lord was with Joseph. And gave him success in whatever he did. You know what? Here, here's the thing. It's good to be near Joseph. You know what's really stupid? To try to throw Joseph. The conduit of blessing. The source of blessing. It's really stupid to throw him in a pit y'all. It's really stupid to throw the guy who is blessing Potiphar in the house and in the field. It's really stupid to lie on that guy and throw that guy into prison. Can I tell you something? When the Lord is with you, it is stupid when your enemies attack you. Your enemies, if they had any sense at all, would try to befriend you. If your enemies had any sense at all, they'd try to be close to you because the promise of Abraham is on you. The promise to be blessed and to be a blessing to others some of you kids you have been bullied let me tell you it is so stupid that they bullied you because you're a source of blessing and anyone would be blessed to be your friend somebody's being mean to you on your job oh it is so silly of them to do so because they'd find blessing if they would take you by the hand and walk with you and your God Oh, to be with the Lord is where blessing just flows. But here he is. Joseph had gone from the pit to the prison. But through it all, God was still with him. And through it all, God's blessing was still on him. Now listen, sometimes it doesn't look like you're blessed. When you're in the dirty cistern, it doesn't look like you're blessed life. Hashtag blessed life. When you are being arrested and they're hauling you to the prison, everybody's going, what did they do? You don't look so blessed. But my gosh, the blessing of the Lord has nothing to do with what it looks like. The blessing of the Lord has to do with where He is. God is with us in those tough times and God intends for us to rise in the tough times. Just like Joseph rose in Potiphar's house and now he's risen in prison. Whatever is your hardship, God intends for you to go up. God intends you to be better and not bitter. God intends you to be a victor and not a victim. God intends you to go 
higher. Everyone say higher. Higher. Joseph became the head of Potiphar's house. He became in charge of the prison. God intends us to, for us to rise in life. Even in tough situations. Joseph always became a leader. He had amazing leadership skills. You were called to be a leader. You were called to lead people. Even in situations you would rather not be in. You should be a leader in that situation. Earlier in the story we mentioned a spiritual gifting that Joseph had. I wonder, can anybody remind me what was that spiritual gifting? He had a spiritual gifting. What was this? Any kids remember what was Joseph's spiritual gifting? He was really good at singing. He could yodel nonstop and never have to take a breath. What? Interpreting dreams. Very good. Let's hear it for our young people. Joseph the dreamer. Once again, Joseph uses his gifting in prison. There are two prisoners. One of them is a cupbearer and the other one is a baker. Somebody say cupbearer. Cup Someone say baker. And these two were servants of the Pharaoh, the head honcho, the big cheese of Egypt. But had done something, these two guys had. They had done something to tick him off. He was really angry at them. And so he threw them into prison. Verse 8, they approach Joseph and they say these words. We both had dreams, but there is no one to interpret them. Then Joseph said to them, do not interpretations belong to God? Tell me your dreams. And Joseph hears the dreams and then he interprets them. It's good news for the cupbearer. He says in three days, Pharaoh is going to restore you to your job. Good news. And then the baker's like, yeah, what about me, boss? And Joseph says, not so much. He says in three days, Pharaoh's going to come execute you. Verse 14 of Genesis 40. But when all goes well with you, this is Joseph talking to the cupbearer. Not to the guy who's going to die in three days. But to the guy who's going to be restored to Pharaoh's kingdom. If all goes well with you, when all goes well, not if. When all goes well with you, remember me and show me kindness. Mention me to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison. Yes. Remember me. Mention me. And if I know that faithful cupbearer friend, he mentioned Joseph to Pharaoh immediately. Who thinks that's true? Well, listen, everything occurred just like Joseph predicted. The baker was executed. The cupbearer restored. Verse 23 says this. The cupbearer, however, did not remember Joseph. <laughs> Ugh! He forgot him. How do you forget the guy who tells you your dream, tells you everything's going to be alright, and then it is? How do you forget the guy who's with the Lord and blessed of the Lord? How do you forget the guy who shouldn't be in prison, but is in prison, and is the head of the prison. But he does. We get forgotten sometimes. Sometimes you can do the absolutely right thing. You can absolutely use your gifting. You can be used of God, and people just turn around and forget you. It, it is disappointing to do good and be forgotten. 
And Joseph was forgotten for two years. And he just stays in prison. Genesis 39. Pharaoh has two dreams. And he can't understand them. He tries to tell this dream to his magicians, to his wise men, to his advisors, and they have no idea. They're like, Pharaoh, I'm really sorry, but we have no idea what you're talking about. Maybe it was something you ate. I've interpreted the dream. You should not eat right before you go to sleep. If only there was someone to interpret the dream. This is like being uttered in Pharaoh's palace. And you know who's standing there? And suddenly like, here's that. And a light bulb goes off and it's like, oh, I may know somebody. The cupbearer hears these words. And he finally speaks up and he tells Pharaoh, hey, I know a guy. I know a prisoner who has already interpreted two dreams correctly, and Pharaoh sends for Joseph to come interpret the dream. The dreams of Pharaoh were very important. They were actually God dreams. And God gave Joseph the interpretation instantly. Joseph said, there will be seven years of abundance. Somebody say seven years of abundance. Seven years of abundance. Followed by seven years of famine. Somebody say seven years of famine. That means seven years of a lot and seven years of not much. That's seven years of you've got all the Pop-Tarts you can eat and you got seven years of you can't even get the great value version of Pop-Tarts in your pantry. Says that in the Hebrew. And Joseph then not only interprets the dream but uses wisdom. And he tells Pharaoh, here's what you should do. There are seven years of abundance coming. And during that seven years of abundance, you should take in everything you can and save it. Save it for the seven years of not so much that are coming. Verse 37 of Genesis 41. The, the plan seemed good to Pharaoh and to all his officials. And so Pharaoh says, you can go back to prison. No. Pharaoh is one smart guy. He's like, I think I want to keep this guy around. Smarter than his brothers. Smarter than Potiphar's wife. Verse 38. So Pharaoh asked them, can we find anyone like this man? One in whom the spirit, in whom is the spirit of God. I'm telling you, you need to be a person that has the spirit of God in them. And live in such a way that people like Pharaoh notice it. Verse 39, then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has made all this known to you, there is no one so discerning and wise as you. You shall be in charge of my palace. And all my people are to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. Now remind me, Joseph was thrown into a pit and Joseph was drugged and changed to a prison and now Joseph was exalted by God to the palace. Can we talk about the palace? 
God is worth following in the pit. He's worth following in the prison. And he's worth following in the palace. Whatever P word you find yourself. You should. You should follow God. God is still with you in every situation. God was always with Joseph. And now he was second in command over all of Egypt. Pharaoh was greatly blessed because of the leadership and the gifting of Joseph. Pharaoh became very wealthy. Pharaoh bought a lot of land during this time. Pharaoh's empire increased. And it was all because of one guy who the Lord was with. In the distance, Joseph's family was running out of food. So way in the distance, back in the the land of Canaan, modern day Israel, Joseph's family, those brothers that tried to kill him, all of them are starving. And his father Israel says, Genesis 42 and 2, he says, I have heard that there is grain in Egypt. Go down there and buy some for us so that we may live and not die. Israel sends out the ten brothers. The same brothers. The ones that threw him in the cistern. Those very same brothers are now on their way to Egypt. And these brothers travel and they walk in the doors of the city. And they walk right up to Joseph. And they don't recognize him. They would just walk up to say, well, how, many, how much is a bag of grain? Yeah, I'll take three of those. I'll take three. And Joseph is like, I couldn't forget these guys. There's 10 of them. And they're just as ugly today as the day I knew them. <laughs> and they don't, they don't recognize him. But Joseph recognizes him. Recognizes each one of them. Verse 8 says this, although Joseph recognized his brothers, they did not recognize him. These brothers had held Joseph down. They had stripped him of his coat of many colors. Joseph had been powerless, but now Joseph had the power of Egypt at his command. If he ever wanted revenge, man, he had the moment to do it. Pharaoh said, every one of my servants answers to you. All he has to do is say, Army soldiers, come in here. These ten men, take them. Is there a pit nearby? Is there a prison nearby? Joseph could have had his brothers killed. He could have made them experience some of the pain that he had experienced. In this situation, how would Joseph respond? This is such an important question for Joseph. And it's an important question for us. How will we respond when we have a chance to drop the hammer on someone? When we have a chance to get revenge? When we have a chance to turn the tables on someone? Will we forgive or will we try to get revenge? Will we love or will we hate? Will we help or will we hurt? How will Joseph respond? How will you respond? Joseph secretly causes some problems. Well, this, this part of the story takes like three chapters. And it's 
just great to read. We're going to make it really short, though. Here it is. He creates some problems with the brother's purchase of food. Here's what he does. They give silver. They pay silver. And he says, take that silver, put it back in their bags. And when those brothers aren't looking, somebody throws the silver back into the bags. And then Joseph says, you would dare steal the money back and put it in your bags? And they're like, what are you talking about? There's no money in our bags. What? There's silver. Judah, I thought you were going to. Simeon, I thought you were going to. Ah, Reuben. Oh, all 10 of them are like, God, Levi, Dan. All of them are talking. Yeah, it's, it's everyone's fault right here, right? <laughs> they said to one another, this is verse 21. Surely we are being punished because of our brother. Which brother are they talking about? Dan, right? <laughs> no, they're talking about Joseph. We saw how distressed he was. When he pleaded with us for his life. But we would not listen. And that's why his distress has come on us. I want you to picture this idea. That for all this time. They had been kind of trapped. Also. They had been kind of in their own pit. And in their own prison. They had their own guilt that they were going through. For all these years they've been living with this secret shame. That they couldn't repent of. They couldn't tell their father about. They have been guilty of doing harm to their wonderful brother Joseph. And they regretted it. And they remembered the look on his face. And the brothers do not know. That they're standing in the very presence of Joseph. Do you get this? They're actually saying, oh God, if only we could have pulled our brother out of that prison. Out of that pit. If only we could go back in time and see our brother again. And make the right choice again. And here they are. Standing right in front of their brother. Verse 3 of Genesis 45. Joseph said to his brothers... Is my father still living? And we're going to fast forward a little bit here. There's a lot of interesting things that happen here. But they, he reveals himself to them. And he says, is my father still living? But his, fa but his brothers were not able to answer, them, answer him. Because they were terrified at his presence. That little scrawny runt that they threw in the cistern. Was now second in command of all of Egypt. Then Joseph said to his brothers, come close to me. And when they had all done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into slavery. And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. And Joseph embraces his brothers and he weeps with them and they embrace and they love each other and Joseph says I don't want you to feel the way you feel about the past I want to take away that guilt don't be angry with yourself do not be distressed stop worrying about the past because God actually used all of this to save lives sometimes we end up in the pit 
to save lives. Sometimes we end up in the prison to save lives. And let me tell you, you end up in the palace also to save lives. You don't just end up in the palace to live large, but you live in the palace to save lives. And when the Lord is with you, He's always calling you to save a life. Somebody say, save a life. What are we supposed to learn from this story about the pit, the prison, and the palace? Joseph had gone from the pit, the prison, and the palace, but God was faithful the entire time. We should learn that. God's blessings on him the entire time. God's will was done the entire time. Sometimes we go through hardship because God has a plan to save lives. Joseph says these words to his brothers. It's his last words recorded in the scripture, I believe. It's verse 20. He says, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Joseph's story shows us that God is still working even when we can't see him, even when we can't feel it, even when we don't have evidence of it. God is is still working. We ought, to be, we ought to try to be like Joseph. What do you say? Should we try to be like Joseph? Rise above the problems and be a leader. Use our gifting. Remain true and faithful even when it's difficult. Forgive others. Embrace them. But this story offers more than a be like Joseph message. This story is all about Jesus. Joseph points us to Jesus. How? Think about this. Think about it. Joseph was hated and betrayed by his own brothers. Jesus was betrayed by his own as well. They hated Joseph because of his relationship with his father and with his gifting. Jesus was hated because he was the son of God. And because of his power, because of his authority, because of his knowledge, and because of his miracles, all of his gifting, it, it runs parallel with the life of Joseph. Joseph was thrown into a pit. Do you know that Jesus was thrown into a pit the night he was betrayed? He was thrown into a pit during the trial at Caiaphas' house. Joseph was sold for silver. Jesus was sold for silver. Potiphar's wife lied about Joseph. Many lied about Jesus. They brought people off the street to lie about Jesus. Joseph was imprisoned and Jesus was imprisoned. Physically and spiritually. It says that he entered in a spiritual prison for us as well. Only Joseph could open the interpretation of the king. And only Jesus can open the way to heaven. There's this part of your Bible where they, all of heaven looks around and says, Who can open the scrolls? Who can read us what says the Lord? No one was found worthy but the Lamb of God. He was worthy. Yeah. 
He was the only one that could open up those scrolls. Just like Joseph was the only one. Do you see this picture? Joseph became ruler of the land and Jesus will become ruler of earth. All of earth. Every bit of earth. One day. Joseph was found in the palace and Jesus is king of kings. He is Lord of lords and he is sitting on the very throne of God right now. I'm going to ask our worship team to come. We're going to be drawing to a close very quickly here. But I want us to do more than learn about Jesus and learn about God and learn about Joseph. I want us to have that relationship with him. I want to teach you very quickly about these two words, type and shadow. Can you say type and shadow? Joseph is type and shadow. He is a prophetic picture of Jesus. He is an example and an illustration long before the physical revelation. We see the use of type and shadow all throughout the Old Testament scriptures and the story of Joseph is definitely type and shadow that points directly at the life of Jesus. The pit, is that where you are today? Are you betrayed? Are you depressed? Are you lost and confused? Are you shocked to find yourself in this situation? The pit. I want to tell you God's blessing can be found in the pit. Jesus is available to anyone in a pit Today, if you feel like you're in a pit, I want you to come to this altar today. The prison, are you in the prison? What is the prison about? You're bound. You have unhealthy thoughts. You have unhealthy habits. and You can't get away from it. You're in a prison. You're locked up in a prison. Are you in spiritual change? Do you feel forgotten in this prison? God's freedom can be found in the prison. Come to Jesus today. If you're in the prison, you have the freedom enough to come to this altar today. Come, get rescued. Lastly, are you, are you in the palace? Maybe you're in the palace. Now listen, some of, all, some of you are going to go, no way am I in the palace. Just wait. Are you blessed? Has God been blessing you? Do you feel like you're actually making headway in life and your purpose is in front of you? Doesn't mean life's like totally easy. But you see the purpose of God and you're actually using your gifting and God is opening that up to you. I'm telling you, if that's true, you're in the palace. If you're in the palace, I want to tell you, God has more for you than to just enjoy palace life. He wants to restore brothers and save many. You got it? He said it. It is, was God's plan to save many. I don't know where you are today. You might be in the pit. You might be in the prison. You might be in the palace. But no matter where you are, the Lord is with you. And you need to grab hold of Him today and start being used by Him. Come closer to Him today. Maybe He needs to restore some relationships in your life. Maybe He needs to get you set free from, from your 
from the past and the, and the guilt that you've had. These altars are open right now. I want to pray with people today. I want, I want to see you walk in everything God has for you today. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for my friends watching and listening online. Friends, reach out to the Lord. I don't know where you are right now, but the Lord is with you. He is for you. He's always been with you and he's never been against you. He's not fighting you. He wants to save you and he wants to use you to save many. Will you begin to call on him and ask him to speak to you? Jesus, will you use me? Jesus, will you save me? Jesus, will you bring me closer to you? Everyone in this place, we're going to sing and worship God, but I want you to come closer to you. God wants to use you today in Jesus' name. Come on, church. I want to pray with somebody today. I want to see God work in your life in Jesus' name. For more information about redemption, look us up online at redemption-church.com. We want to hear from you, so be sure to connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or even our anonymous question text line at 214-856-0550. Thank you for joining us and have a blessed day.